look up idiot in the dictionary, you know what you'll find? A picture of me? No! The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are! That's a great clip. It is. From a great movie. Short and sweet. That is uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Val Kilmer and the incomparable Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself. That's him. Before he became... Pre-Iron Man. Iron Man, this yeah. This uh, 2005. Yeah, for those of you who are big Avengers fans, big uh, superhero movies, yeah. movie, movie fans, um, Robert Downey Jr. did have a career before <laughs> Iron Man. And he's amazing as Iron Man, but go back, check him out. He's uh, he's pretty good. You want a you wanna fun pretty Robert good. Downey Jr. thing to look up? Google, uh, you've probably seen it. Google, uh, I Want Love. The Elton yeah. John music video. Oh yeah, it's a single take of him singing, awesome. lip syncing the song, and right. that's at the Greystone Mansion. Yeah, you've been up there. Right? I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. That is a great video. That's the thing I always think of when I go there is that video, just because of the floors and the big open. Yeah, rooms. and he's lip syncing that, but he has a great voice. If you go back and uh, yeah. and watch any of uh, Ali McBeal, he's got several <laughs> solos on that because they always ended up at a bar where it was sure. like karaoke. Yep, but he sings with Sting in one of them, and. Uh, He's pretty great in that as well. Um, this is the Movies and Shit podcast, obviously. Yeah. I am Patrick. This is Kelly. And we are your hosts. We are back. Hey, buddy. Uh, and better than ever, we hope. Well, I don't know. Um, maybe. This is uh, our seventh seventh episode? Yeah, episode seven. Episode seven, The Avengers Awakens. Awakens. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what this one is. That's for how sure. we come up with it. It's real, real technical, guys. You guys probably can't figure out how we're naming these, but... Nope. Um, but that's how we're doing it. Uh, in honor of the Avengers, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk uh, Avengers Endgame. We're gonna talk about the whole scope of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is uh, probably as as big and lengthy and sort of intricate as anything we've ever really seen in terms uh, of franchises, yeah. uh, and certainly different than anything else. But before we do that, before we get into any spoilery stuff, we have a quick uh, beginning uh, game quiz Ooh. here. To kick off the podcast, Kelly, I will be that's asking fun. the questions. Okay, good. You will be I don't attempting <laughs> to answer. So that's good. This works out. <laughs> this is why the partnership works. Um, Kelly, the first question on the Avengers quiz yes. is multiple choice. Which actor has appeared in the most Marvel movies? Is it A, Robert Downey Jr., or B, Samuel L. Jackson? Um, I think it's... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. You are correct. Okay, right. That's number right one. On. <laughs> That's number one. I would have thought Samuel Jackson uh, being the uh, sort of the guy who brings the group together, but it actually is Robert Downey Jr. He's made well, enough I mean, appearances. They're both up there, obviously. Right, yeah. right. That's one and two, but Robert Downey is number one. What is the shortest, shortest runtime for a Marvel oh, movie? Oh, cool. Of all the movies they put out, which I believe is 23 now at this point? Jeez. The longest, um, obviously, being Endgame. That just came shortest runtime. Uh, I'm going to guess it's like maybe the first Ant-Man. It's a good guess, especially yeah. because Ant-Man is small. <laughs> and you would think a smaller story would take less time to tell. You're it is reading actually right between the lines. <laughs> Thor, The Dark World. Oh, thank the God. Second that's Thor the movie. shortest one. And it's uh, about, a, an, about an hour and 50 minutes. So it's not a very short movie, but most of them rank just over yeah. two hours yeah. uh, all the way up to three um, so that Very is the shortest. Um, how many endings did they film <laughs> for the movie Endgame to try to avoid spoilers, even if the actors oh. slipped? This was a fun one. I didn't I, know I they up. did that at all. Filmed multiple endings. Oh, how many endings do you think I'm going to say four? It's a good guess, and it rhymes with Thor. But you're wrong. <laughs> it is six endings. They filmed six different endings, uh, according to reports. Cool to keep spoilers to a minimum. You think we'll ever see them? 
you know what? I'm going to say yes. If we don't see them nope, on you're some kind of <laughs> that's the wrong answer <laughs> DVD or Blu-ray release, I think we'll see them online at some point. Um, this is a fun one, and you may know this one. I'm not sure. Well, finally, but a fun one. How many Peter Parkers have we now seen on the big screen since the original Sam Raimi OG Spider-Man film? Back in 2002. How many Peter Parkers? I'm going to say five. How many actors, I suppose, have played Actor, Peter Parker? I'm going to say way? five. You are correct. Yeah, because I counted nailing them. nailing this thing. <laughs> well done. That's it's not like hard. you've seen all these. So you got Toby, you got Andrew. Yeah. You got Tom, obviously. The and new then one. you have uh, the two. Uh, it's uh, uh, Spider-Verse. guy from uh, New Girl. <laughs> Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Correct. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, new Captain Kirk himself, Chris um, Pine. Chris Pine. Thank yeah. you. God. Completing the full cycle Chris, of Chris's yeah. within the superhero right, right. Marvel Universe. Because now we've got yeah. Hemsworth, Evans, Pratt. And Pine, mm-hmm. all having played a superhero. In hey, that's somewhere. an awesome question. So, final question. Okay. Well, it's a two-parter. Uh, how many tattoos were on display on Mickey Rourke's body in Iron Man Two? How many tattoos did you actually see? Well, I counted screen? them. No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> very impressive. Yeah. Um, wasn't he really tatted up? He was very. I mean, tatted is this up. a trick question? Like, very, there's no, so many. It's not really it's all, a lo- all it, my tricks. So it's a, a trick so it's a low number, is what you're saying? It's well, a, it, that kind of depends on height. Ooh. Nailed it. 12 on the dot. <laughs> 12 tattoos for Mickey Rourke. Now, the final, I guess the second part to that question, the final question that I'm going to ask you, yep. which of the questions I just asked you about the Marvel Universe was completely made up? The last one. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I mean. Too easy. Got to up the stakes. <laughs> Kelly, you are our winner today. You have nailed There's it. There's no one else here, man. <laughs> I think you answered everything correct. Did you answer every one of those? Correct? I don't. No, you remember. didn't know Thor. You, you guessed. I didn't know Thor. Thor, but Thor I the guessed, Dark World. I guess based on yeah. uh, size of character. Yeah. Well, look, that was as good a thing to guess as anything. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for you, unless you get all of them, you don't win a prize. So we will uh, maybe try next week. All right. Again with another <laughs> quiz. So that is your Marvel Cinematic Universe quiz, Kelly. Well done. I'm proud of you. Thanks, buddy. Even if uh, nobody else is listening, is. Um, <laughs> What, uh, <laughs> what have you uh what have you seen here in the last week or so Kelly, um, since the last time we were together you know we we obviously are going to talk at length about endgame we both saw that twice yeah um so that kind of took up a lot of the time yeah uh, that i would have been in the theater plus i was working a lot but i did see one other movie um something that i mentioned on a podcast months ago um a movie called amazing grace have oh, yeah. you seen the trailer seen it, for it? Yeah, you know seen, what it is. Have yeah. Seen the, yeah, premium. Um, pretty interesting. And what's most interesting about it? So, for for what it's worth, it's about it's about it's not about anything. It is a concert film of Aretha right. Franklin right. singing uh, uh, what ended up being the best selling, uh, I think, gospel album of all time. Yeah, correct. Um, it's it's a bunch of cameras that were brought out by Warner Brothers Films, nineteen seventy. I forget the year, but somewhere in there, pretty close. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Might have been 72, 73, I forget. But, I wouldn't um, contest that. Somewhere in there. And they brought Sidney Pollack out, um, who was kind of still early in his career. I think he had only made a couple of features, and he was a big TV director. They brought him out, and uh, <clears throat> what's interesting about it is uh, it's a beautiful movie just because it's so powerful. They've got it all synced up with the uh, recordings that were made there. Um, but it... Um, it was uh, impossible for them to ever finish until now, essentially. Huh. So they shot with, I forget how many cameras. I want to say it was four or six cameras, some reasonable amount of cameras. Um, and they shot, I think, like four hours over two nights or five hours over two nights. 
Um, and they could never sync everything together because no one used a slate, <laughs> which is standard oh in, in, you know, film production, yeah. especially back what then. A nightmare. Nowadays we have time code and there's all these digital ways of syncing the cameras with the audio. Um, but back then there wasn't as much of that stuff around. And so what you would use was a slate to mark, right. you know, when, when the camera started rolling. That's where the clap comes from. Uh, exactly. And, uh, they didn't use that. And, and in all the articles I read, it was something along the lines of, Sidney Pollock had never done a, you know, music <laughs> film, but he had done films before, but he had that never idiot. done this style <laughs> of, of filmmaking. And so, uh, once they got it all together, uh, months were spent by experts and lip readers and everything mm. trying to sync it all together mm. and they couldn't. And so it just kind of got shelved. And oh, then, man. uh, Aretha's, uh, you know, whole life, it was, it was kind of kept, uh, you know, in, in a vault somewhere and it finally got passed on to a new producer. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's an amazing thing. They've got it all together and it's uh, very, very beautiful and powerful and uh, highly recommend it. Sydney Pollack, you silly, <laughs> you silly amateur. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, He's yeah. fine. Well, uh, yeah, that sounds amazing, man. Yeah. Um, I, I also obviously saw Avengers a few times. Yeah. We were going to discuss that here and it seemed right. like a big, big moment in cinematic history. Absolutely. Um, I did not really see much else at the theater. I did want to mention one thing real quickly. Are you aware of the, um, the alien 40th anniversary shorts that they're producing and putting no. out online? Tell me about it. So I actually, um, outside of the first two alien movies, um, uh, this is probably my favorite thing they've done with that franchise. Yeah. Um, so they're really just all maybe seven to 10 minute shorts. Different filmmakers are doing them. Really? And they're all just different scenarios throughout that universe, kind of within that world. What a great idea. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I'm not going to be able to give you the names of all the different oh, ones, yeah, yeah. but you know, the different ones take Do some place. Googling. Yeah, Space Station, one's on a ship, one's cool. here, and it's all just different. It's not all involving even the alien. It could right. just be. It's just in the universe. Yeah, did we find something that links up to it? Right. Some way, right, right. But really cool, different filmmakers for everyone. Some really good, some okay, but uh, right. worth checking out. Like people should get online and well, check those out if you're Alien. Staying fan. along with the uh, 40th anniversary of Alien, um, uh, a couple other things. We definitely are going to try this week, hopefully, to go to the Alien exhibit at USC. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's on my list. But I also got really lucky the night that Avengers premiered that Thursday. I went to a midnight-ish, or not midnight, but like, you know, a 10 p.m. showing of that. And that was also the night that Reebok sold um, the limited edition Stomper oh, shoe yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Ripley wears. And awesome. it, um, and I got them. Um, I got really lucky. It was no one of those shit. things where they sold out very quickly, but I yeah, got really lucky. And so um, I have this uh, – op- I, I they're at my mailbox. I haven't picked them up yet, but they, I have this opportunity to have these things Dude, and own awesome. them and wear yeah. them or do I resell them? Yeah. Or yeah. Find that really. <laughs> I, alien fanatic. I have not yeah. decided yet. Cause I can, I can about triple my, uh, at least double my money right you now. You always got to weigh out how much of a capitalist you are versus how much. Of exactly. A fan it's you tough, are, you know? man. It's it depends tough. Which one ends but, out, but uh, we're going to, we'll check them out. I'll show them to you. Well, yeah. that's cool, man. That's yeah, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention on, on stuff we've seen, uh, unless you've got something else is before we kind of move on, um, I need to make a public apology, uh, to my girlfriend, uh, Jess, Last podcast, I mentioned that we had watched Triple Frontier together. Um, that was inaccurate. That was a false memory that I created in my own head. <laughs> I watched that by myself and heard about it because we were supposed to watch it together. And obviously, if I uh, intentionally snuck away and watched that by myself, I would not have you brought it up on the podcast had I not known what happened. I think she fell asleep and then I put it on and stayed up late one night. Um, but I'm here to promise that we will watch an even better uh, ben Affleck movie soon. Um, Jess, really? we will be watching Reindeer Games. Okay. The greatest of all 
Ben Affleck movies very, awesome. very soon awesome. um, before the holidays. So anyway, that's one other thing. Well, Jess, Shout congrats. out to Jess. <laughs> My bad. I'll, I'll make it up to you. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, what is in the uh, the latest movie news here? What do we movie got? Movie news. Yeah, I got a few things. Um, well, we lost John Singleton uh, yeah, a week or so ago. Only, what was um, he, 50? He was 51. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, that's that's tough. I mean, he uh, he uh, broke a lot of records. I mean, the 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 two that I you know I'm reading everywhere was that he is uh, he was the youngest person uh, nominated for the director Oscar, uh, and he was also the first African American ever nominated for director of any age. Really? So those are those are amazing. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, both for Boys in the Hood, writing and directing. Uh, right, Boys in the Hood. right. But um, he also shared my birthday, January sixth. There you go. Yeah. Anyways. Well, uh, I wish you uh, as much success as uh, as he John had, Singleton, yeah. and yeah, hopefully a longer run, man. That's right. way too young. Um, yep. I will always remember Boys in the Hood as the movie that um, this will speak to how sheltered I was uh, in my existence. But the movie that made me realize that the bullies from Karate Kid really aren't that intimidating. Oh, right, right. <laughs> those are the movie bullies. I those are va- those are valley no, bullies. Knowing about they're not South Central and bullies. Then, I remember seeing Boys in the Hood and just being like. This karate shit is not intimidating yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. These guys have sawed-off shotguns. Van uh, so eyes, no, no problem. Yeah. Oh, scared me so bad when I was when I was a kid. That's pretty um, funny. But yeah, uh, yeah, rest in peace. And uh, and uh, that's an incredible. That's incredible. I did not realize he was the first African American director. Yeah, ever not. Mm-hmm. I mean, paving the way for a lot of a lot right. of great directors. But and uh, certainly there were others worthy. But that's still yeah. That's that's a nutty thing. First. That's a nutty um, thing. Also in the news, a uh, little tidbit throwback from, uh, I guess, last week. I mentioned having seen uh, Hail Satan, the yes, documentary. Yes. Well, I had mentioned, I don't know if they have tax-exempt status, but like two days after we recorded no. that, they got tax-exempt status. Wow. Well, there you go. You need <laughs> so, a, yeah, yeah, any they more are, validation. They are the fighting church. against religious discrimination, and uh, I encourage people to Google their tenants because it's uh, an interesting set of uh, beliefs. Um, that's not what you think. Anyway, yeah, it's definitely not what you think. No, yeah. Uh, anyhow, <clears throat> well, uh, I, I have something yeah, that, tell I, me. that I just wanted to mention. Um, there is, uh, I don't know if you, you're aware of this, but there, a, a school put on a play, mm-hmm. uh, a theater version of Alien, the original Alien. Do really? you know about this? I don't. And oh, now it's um, gotten so oh, much God. kind of buzz that like Sigourney Weaver wrote them a letter, like posted up like, cool. uh, I'm so impressed and yada, yada, yada. And the design of it is incredible. And so now they've loaded up a version of it. You can go online and watch like no a two kidding. and a half hour play of the original. Alien. Is, how's the production value? <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, man, for a theater show, I mean, obviously watching yeah. it, it's somebody just having yeah, the camera. Yeah, you don't have the but angles. Yeah. You can tell that. They were very, they were serious. Like cool. They were doing cool. this for real. This was not like a, you know, a jokey kind of type of thing. But I mentioned that to sort of segue in to now, apparently, uh, the Terminator musical is here. It's called Terminator the Musical. Um, and it's, uh, it's everything you might imagine. Uh, reportedly, their songs, Hasta La Vista Baby and I'll Be Back. Uh, and it's coming right off the heels. They even mention here, it's coming off the heels of the Alien play. You okay. know, I've heard that James Cameron's 84 classic, The Terminator, is getting a similar uh, treatment. Uh, and again, it is a musical. Um, I, I don't really know what to think about it totally, but I do love this write up, write up. Terminator the musical is exactly what it sounds like. Exclamation mark. A musical parody based on the 80s thriller Terminator in the 90s blockbuster counterpart T2 Judgment Day. So maybe it'll incorporate both of them. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, anyway, come and explore LA's I've already sexiest seen this. time travel conundrum. It was called Terminator 2 Judgment, Judgment Play. Play. 
we I, we I, went to this. I feel like this is maybe it's not, but it, I feel like it's a more serious take based on the way oh, the alien thing was, yep, which yep. is weird. More serious. Weird, yeah, yeah, cool. but is uh, apparently happening. We're running out of source um, material here, folks. <laughs> yeah, we've, <laughs> we're officially just rehashing everything. Um, but if you have a chance, for God's sakes, go see uh, Terminator 2, um, the musical. Are you caught up with Game of Thrones? I'm completely caught up with Game of we're Thrones. We're not going to turn this into a Game of Thrones episode, but uh, but our, ha, ha, I just want to know your general opinion about where the show is going. Well, Tony's definitely my favorite Stark still okay. uh, from the Marvel <laughs> Universe. I don't know if they're sure. ever going to really connect And you're those, really, you're really I feel like they are. Reaching we're going to get to Avengers at some point. Um, I, uh, I'm not really sure where, I, uh, where we're going uh, at this point. Um, I know we're off the books. Uh, I was very excited by the Winterfell attack episode. Yeah. But I was talking to a couple friends, and you know, the first scene we see in the entire series is the White Walkers and the threat of them, and mm-hmm. winter is coming, and you've got all these people fighting amongst themselves, but you know this bigger threat is coming, and you know that's either going to unite them or they're all going to die by not uniting. And then the attack happened, and as we all know, it, it kind of resolved itself that episode. Yep. And you're left with these warring houses again, which we already had, and it almost feels like we're not building to the biggest moment right anymore it feels like we're very much on a downward spiral yeah we're past the big moment i just i don't yeah i don't know where we're going i'm i'm a little i'm a little frustrated but i'm also not a big game of thrones fan i would like to know you know i only know one person that's really uh into it all on i'm a pretty big fan well have you read all the books? No, I'm not that big of a fan. Hey, Tom, call in and leave us a voicemail because yeah. I really want to know what you're thinking about all this because I'm I'm uh, I'm struggling to uh, stay with it. But uh, it was also a, a funny kind of meme in the last few days since Sunday, um, right? The Starbucks cup, right? On the table. It's a, <laughs> a good one. Yeah. So there, I, um, I, I guess that's it's it's that's not proof of anything, but it's also like they're slipping. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I thought it was a. They certainly pulled a, a big surprise the way they kind of wrapped up the the attack, the the White Walker attack. Yeah. But I don't know necessarily that it was earned or the conclusion we kind of wanted. Um, like in the moment, I was very excited. I can tell you that it definitely was a letdown. Uh, now that I've. For for me, it it almost uh, you know, just felt back. a little too easy after everything yeah. seemed impossible. I guess it's all relative to how the rest of these last couple because we only have two yeah. episodes left. Yeah, we made it's totally relative change to our how minds. they wrap everything else up. But uh, I I just am like I don't know where they're going. Right. Um, well, that's fair. That's fair. So uh, a couple other movie news things. Um, it was a a while uh, for for the last little while. People have been talking about whether Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would get its uh, can premiere mm-hmm. or not. Um, and it seemed like it might not because he wasn't finished with it. Tarantino uh, wasn't right. finished with it, but right. it officially it became official a couple of days ago. I think that they've officially added it, that he's totally done with it. And it's got a runtime of two hours and 45 minutes. Exciting. This will also mark the 25th anniversary since uh pulp fiction took yeah the palm new york and he has said yeah. this is the most like pulp fiction of any of my films Whether did he say accurate, that oh that's cool. something that tarantino yeah, yeah. said about it. i'm i'm thoroughly excited for this movie yeah so. i'm really pumped too i'm really jazzed and it's also it, this is all taking place i believe in the summer of love the summer of was it 69 i believe that's sure right. yeah. so we're on the 40th anniversary of that as well or the right. 50th anniversary so it's yep. kind of all linked July-ish, up ish yeah being a 2019 release exactly 
Um, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for that one. I'm, I'm couldn't be more excited as far as that goes. Did you also see that, uh, the California legislature officially voted that, uh, May 4th is star Wars day. So yeah. it's an official, yeah. <laughs> they gave us something we already took. Yeah. We but, took you know, it ourselves. We didn't, we didn't ask, yeah. but, uh, yeah. they, they helped us, uh, but that put is it cool. on the books. That yeah. is really, really cool that it's um, official. And we I did like something it. really fun on May the 4th. Our friends, Leanne and Adrian got married in a yeah. very movie centric, uh, day. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Leanne com- and Adrian. Combination of Star Wars theme and old Hollywood themed uh, wedding at the Hollywood Roosevelt uh, and a reception in the Blossom Ballroom where the first Academy Awards took place. So I was very a, jealous. We had a pretty higher entire, entire Well, situation. don't be jealous because you were there. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, it but was damn great. it, Kelly. I wanted yeah. it to all be mine. That's yeah. the dark side. No, you talking. guys. Yeah, exactly. You guys can't do that. Um, anyways, it was a lot of fun. So it was for, so much thanks fun for having us. Yeah. And taking place where, like you said, the. The original Oscars taking place there and being right there on Hollywood Boulevard and yeah. having people dressed but up. But not and, having to be on Hollywood Boulevard was yeah, the best that part. was the better part, you being know, up above it. Being on the roof and looking down at everybody. It reminded me of what I've always said about best. New Year's Eve in, in New York <laughs> and how you want to be in that penthouse suite looking down on yep, all those people yep, in Times Square. You yep. do not want to be down there in yep. Times Square. If I could do it that way, I would definitely do it. Um, That's how you do it. Well, I've got one other Thanks, piece guys. of news that yeah, will shoot. really tie in to our, our main topic uh, cool. of Avengers Endgame today. Did you read about the Avengers fan, Endgame fan, who, this is China, ended up in the hospital due to uncontrollable crying? That's what they said. Oh, I think I did see uh, this on Reddit or something, but... uh, It's been popping up all over the place. It said an unidentified woman sat down to watch Avengers Endgame over the weekend, was not ready for the emotional scenes. Uh, (laughs) She she went to the emergency room after she reportedly could not stop sobbing, which led to her having shortness of breath. Her feet and her arms went numb, and uh, doctors basically found out that she had been hyperventilating and gave her oxygen. She ended up being fine, um, but that's an experience. That's a movie experience. Uh, if, if you uh, that is if wild. you ask me, I can't imagine being moved to that degree. And I am I am a real sap when it comes to movies. I get yeah. really pulled in. Yeah. Um, but the reason this really, you know, kind of struck a chord with me when uh, when I went to see Avengers the first time with Jess. You know, we were at a very, very emotional point. We'll get into what we're a yeah, later yeah. with spoilers, but we were at an emotional point in the movie. And the moment really was kind of ruined. I mean, it was kind of amazing, but it was also kind of ruined because it really was dead silence. It was exactly what you wanted. Everybody in the audience, they had all like 200 eyes or however many people were in the theater just on the screen. And it was just quiet. And you mm-hmm. could hear people kind of sniffing and, you know, a little bit, kind of wiping their eyes. But one girl was just audibly sobbing i mean she was shaking it was (laughs) to the degree that she killed the silence right took away from the moment and people were looking around trying to figure out where is this person and people were laughing like the moment went from a very very earned emotional moment and it just you just couldn't ignore it i mean it was it was loud and it was she could not stop and I don't know. It didn't seem like a stunt to me. It seemed genuine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. whoever it was in there could not control their emotions. That's a at tough that one because you want people to express themselves and you want people to emote the you know the amount that they need to emote. And not you, me. You don't know what. Well, but <laughs> just kidding, that's what I'm yeah. getting at. Is that like at what point do you go? Well, that's too much. I mean, you need to have some self control in public. Yeah, right. you're you're yeah you're not the only one in here. But right. uh, that's that's very interesting. Um, <laughs> and by interesting, I mean. <laughs> weird and wild and annoying and it's amazing how much people can get caught up in this stuff but anyway that was a fun experience cool um so we have uh 
We actually got some listener feedback. We did over the last week. We got a what a, a, a call in, yeah. So as well as a what text I'd, message. What I'd like to mention is that um, we uh, we actually do have a, a Google Voice number, but I also just switched our podcast over to Anchor um, podcast hosting, and they have this really cool button right in the Anchor app uh, that when you uh, you know find our podcast, you can just search movies and shit. I think under the people tab, it's kind of weird. I'm still figuring it out. Anyways, there's a button to leave us a voicemail. And if you do it that way, uh, it sends it right to me and it sends it at pretty high quality. Um, I'm a stickler for that. If you do the phone call route, it's not quite as good, but either way. Um, but yeah, find us on anchor and uh, that's what Tyler did and uh, left us this voicemail. Hey, Patrick and Kelly, longtime listener, first time caller. I enjoyed your Harrison Ford stories and I felt inclined to share my own. Like Kelly's story, my Harrison Ford story also brings us to the Apple store that Kelly and I once worked together at. It was an early morning, the store had just opened, and I was waiting for a personal training appointment to start. A coworker caught my attention and she kept nodding her head in the direction of the front of the store. I thought that maybe she wanted me to help the one customer that was up there, so I walked towards the front. This guy, wearing a leather bomber jacket and a baseball cap, turns around and faces me, and it's Harrison Ford. But the best part was that the moment he turned towards me and I made out who it was, I also noticed the big graphic on our wall right behind him was Indiana Jones in his full getup, cracking his bullwhip, filling the screen of an iPod Touch. A nice advertising tie-in for the Kingdom of Crystal Skulls, I'm sure. I think I said hi, and that was about it. But I also saw him again from a distance a handful of times. As all humans are aware, Mr. Ford loves aircrafts and flying them. And when I lived in L.A., I had a friend who flew a little 1979 Grumman Tiger plane out of Santa Monica Airport. Harrison would park his Prius right by the runway and by what I imagine must be his hangar, and he would just watch planes come and go from inside of his car. On a number of occasions as we were taken off or landing, my friend pointed over to that Prius and he would tell me, there's Harrison. Thanks, Tyler. Oh, Harrison. Yeah, I mean the 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 funny bit is just Harrison is uh, he's an odd guy, and I can totally believe that he would just sit there and stare at people. I love him. He's just <laughs> Ooh, the best. Look at that plan. I just Ooh, I'm look I'm, at that I'm jealous that uh, <laughs> Tyler ran into Harrison and he had the poster of his movie behind him. I feel like the heavens would open and choirs I would start singing. Harrison didn't see it. That, yeah, he had no idea. He, he had oh, absolutely oh. no idea. Um, yeah, you know there was a. Uh, a time that my buddy Ted, speaking of celebrity sightings, and this ties into superheroes as well, uh, was working at, down at Third Street Promenade at J. Crew, and right. he was folding clothes. And uh, unbeknownst to him, Michael Keaton was standing directly behind him, almost back to back, which is our Batman that we grew up with. Love and a couple Michael people Keaton. on the floor were trying to signal to Ted, yep. you know, Batman's behind you. So they're just lipping the word Batman over and over, waving their arms. Ted, of course, sees them and he can't make out what they're what they're lipping to him and finally he reads their lips and he just shouts back at them batman <laughs> at which point the guy who played batman turns and ted turns and they just locked eyes and held it you know for a solid maybe five six i don't know maybe even 10 seconds of just total awkward silence at which point michael keaton hung up his clothes and left the store of course he did um, of course he did having no idea why someone shouted batman at him Jeez. and turned and stared into his eyes deeply but of course ted wasn't ready to talk to anyone because the batman was behind him celebrities just can't have nice yeah, things they just gotta stay inside. i'm gonna order online see you hey, guys later amazon's making that easier for yeah. them at this point well we did get uh, one more piece of listener feedback in the form of a text message this was from uh, my girlfriend's brother roy 
Hey, Roy. Uh, Roy Dizzle, as I like to uh, to call him. Uh, he uh, wrote, uh, enjoy the podcast, but please, for the love of God, stop popping your lips. My eardrums are bleeding. <laughs> I think that one was directed at me. Uh, and Roy, but, yeah. I appreciate you listening, but I will pop my lips Roy, as well as for, I damn well please. For what it's worth. <laughs> no, we'll do our best. We'll do that, our best. Is, that is definitely a combination of Patrick's fault and my fault. Um, we do have popper stoppers on these mics. We have pretty good mics. and I've got a pretty good workflow here, but I'm always open to suggestions. If you think it doesn't sound quite right, those are things that I can fix a little bit. So I'm going to bring the low end down on your mic a little bit, see if we can get rid of some no, of that. I think we should. I think, <laughs> I think we should ignore this comment from Roy. And uh, no, no. <laughs> We uh, we appreciate you listening in. Thanks, buddy. Uh, and we'll do our best. Thanks, we'll buddy. do our best. We're not superheroes, but we'll do our best. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, well, so Avengers Endgame is kind of the, the the shit that's going on in the world right now. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the only thing going on in the world, right? As far as uh, I know. <laughs> as far as I care. <laughs> yeah, that's all I uh, that's all I know about. But uh, it has passed Titanic as the number two uh, movie of all time. Good. 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 Um, <laughs> Overrated. I mean, it, it will pass Avatar, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I was wondering about this this week as all these numbers were coming in. And I was like, well, it's on pace for it. And it seems like we always break records with each new big movie. more big, dollars. Yeah, so and, do it. and if you've got something that's this much of an event, like yep. you're ending something that was big where there are this many fans and the early records drop – it makes sense. Tickets are more expensive, all this yep. other stuff yep. that, yeah, you'd be on course to, uh, to break all the all time records. So I think I'm reading this right, but the, it, it you know, it broke, it, it has so many records. I'm just going right, to mention right, a couple, yeah. but biggest worldwide opening at 1.2 billion for the weekend. Right. Now the number two slot is infinity war worldwide opening of 640 million. It doubled. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> the next <that's> crazy, <laughs> the next yeah. biggest opening. Uh, and then, as far as domestic, uh, uh, open, you know, biggest opening weekend, um, it uh, brought in 357 million in, in America. And uh, the n- number two is also Infinity War with 257, oh, so 100 million more uh, for uh, you know for Endgame. So uh, it's pretty close to passing Avatar. I think after next weekend, today right. is Tuesday, right. May seventh. Um, after next weekend, I think it might do it. It Maybe. also, if you add, if you combine, you'd have to do like an average of all the actors, but I think it was the lowest uh, percentage of body fat on, uh, on all the stars for any movie of all sure. time as well. Is that I a, think. is that a, is that a, yeah. something somebody oh, yeah. tracks? No, that's just something that I threw out there, but I feel like I I'm believe right. you. I haven't read it. I feel like that's probably accurate. That covers you know, all but one character. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yep. Pretty much. I am actually, uh, I'm always more interested in this. Not that that's not impressive, but what. If you adjust for inflation, right? You know where where do we fall and what is that list? And I looked at it a couple of years ago. What that was, but you know, even if you do that, it's not really fair because today movies the theater have to deal with more distractions, more other things people could do, stay home, you know, and watch things. They've, they've yeah. got more competition in that way. And also, if you do that, um, that adjusted list. Sorry about the lip popping there, Roy. Uh, the uh, the problem with that also is there were re-releases of all those movies, and that actually counts. So if, oh, Gone, with, if count. Gone with the Wind came out, you know, and they brought it back to theaters for years there and you years, go. there's the list. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So Gone with the Wind, Star Wars, so Sound of Music. This is uh, so Titanic is fifth on this. This one. is domestic only, right? Okay. So the I, I I'm I might be talking out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure Box Office Mojo does not do the adjusted. Um, for inflation list for worldwide because well, not a lot of things were released it worldwide. Didn't go worldwide. So um, again, it's and impossible. even when it did, yeah. I don't know that there's a 
a way of tracking the uh, exchange rate in every no. culture and everything. So it would be um, an impossible comparison anyway. So so yeah, this is just uh, the um, the domestic uh, list, and Gone with the Wind is still number one. But we used to also not release to you know behind the Iron Curtain and right. not, you know to right. Soviet Union. So, so look at look at okay. So this is what's really interesting to me is that Avatar has the all time worldwide at about two point seven almost 2.8 billion only 876 million of that was in america yeah well, we're and smarter here so this will we're going to look back at this yeah um we're going to look back at this and we're going to go well we know why he's making four more of these uh it's not for us it's yeah. not us being yeah, america it does kind of feel it's that way for someone else <laughs> elsewhere yeah, in the world. No, it does kind of feel that way and you know yeah. star wars has not been doing as well overseas exactly. as they thought it would exactly and it's just still huge here and it is huge here i mean the original star wars is number two on this list it's but avengers kind of surprisingly the avengers has been huge everywhere and it mm-hmm. does i know they protect the world but they do feel so american because of the kind of the comic book history to me like american heroes yeah and that's interesting to me that that is translated i think they brought in another enough other cultures in the recent years i mean namely you know, the fictional um, world of Wakanda. Wakanda and then Panther. you've got obviously a bit of um, uh, the East throughout the Doctor Strange yeah. mythology yeah. Uh, and whatnot. Bit. And then, um, uh, yeah, and no, I mean, they're, they're bringing in, but it's definitely not. Yeah, like you said, worldwide, they're still very American. Right. Most all of them are American, right. yeah. Anyway. Anyways. But they're crushing it. So they are. Well, let's crushing talk it. about Avengers. Um, what well, I'd love to do is just mention that if you haven't seen Avengers, uh, we're going to put some time codes for this right. section in right. the notes. Uh, so you can stop now and take a look at that. Um, but uh, likely, alert. likely you should just go watch it and then come back to this. That's what I would do personally. I would just yeah, pause and this. I feel like <laughs> if you're listening to our podcast, you've probably seen it yeah. at this point. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, if you haven't, this is your, uh, your fair warning. Um, but by the way, the directors, the Russo brothers officially said that May 6th, the spoiler alert mandate is up oh we're covered then so that's why we i'm not even, too worried about this we'll i'm this just out. i'm just we're doing even no no I'm, I'm doing no it. time codes I'm do- <laughs> you guys can deal, deal with it just okay listen at your own risk ruthless he's um, ruthless well now that we've officially given our spoiler alert kelly i did want to ask you to launch into this part of the uh, yes. the podcast uh where does this movie rank in your personal pantheon of time travel movies since you're the time travel expert <laughs> yeah um i mean my two two of my top few you know favorite movies are we've talked about this before back to the future and somewhere in time which is hilarious because they're both, both significantly well not <laughs> back to the future is pretty significantly referenced in endgame right. um, yeah, quite a bit true. over and over <clears throat> lines entire scenes are taken right. uh, you know uh you know the chalkboard scene there's entire things it, that it really are back makes to the you realize references. how much that movie is embedded in terms of yep. the time culture thing yeah that's it's the like thing the one we, that's the one we know that's right. the one that taught us the rules um but they also reference somewhere in time <laughs> in adventures endgame which blew my mind that was great because i thought about you immediately. they have it they have a short list list of time travel movies that they talk about in the movie and the fact that that made it in there of all the time travel movies he probably only says you know is it Don Cheadle that says them? I think it was Don Cheadle that was Don Cheadle, them. and then Ant Man is also. Oh, oh, they're kind of going back. Yeah, yeah but Ant Man doesn't bring anything to the table. He, <laughs> he, he says die hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then he realizes but that's not a. Time I think Don Ch- Don Cheadle, yeah, has uh, has all the you know the the names and uh, and just the fact that that made it in there is amazing. So where does it land? I think it's up there in terms of how they handle time travel and how anytime you can go back and see 
the previous movie, which is obviously something that hasn't been done much. Obviously, Back to the Future Two. That's pretty much that entire movie. Yeah, is seeing sure. the previous movie for sure. In you know different with, perspectives. Yeah, and bouncing and around. How yeah. many other times has that been done? It pro- I'm sure not it many. has been, but yeah. it's definitely not a lot. When that movie came out, I felt like it had never been done. And that was one of the things that I thought was so creative. One about of Everybody the greatest like, oh my yeah, God. storytelling like, devices. And it was like, did they film this all at once? And now and they're no, going they back. Recreated you know, it looked all so of it, good you know? that it was like, yeah, it seemed yeah. like they just had extra cameras rolling and Love didn't it. tell us. Um, so I'd put it up there. Well, I, uh, you know, I've, I've griped about uh, these movies a, a lot, just like uh, with Star Wars and everything else. And, all, and I don't even want to go into that today. All right. of that stuff still stands. I still have the same views for certain reasons about these, but I just wanted to take a minute to kind of acknowledge the achievement of um, like a 10 year span of sort of a nonlinear world creating story that goes in different directions, spirals, crisscrosses, yep. comes back together, overlaps, uh, keeping the actors somehow all sort of together, appearing in each other's films, moving away, doing their own, just the scope of it is incredible, um, pulling it off. And also, as we saw from like – and we still see from the DC stuff, it's not easy to do this. It's easy to screw this up. And and I, the one thing I think is the most impressive about these to me, and, and not being a huge comic book fan, right. but a big, big fan of um, – audience movies of popcorn pictures, you know, kind of like entertaining entertainment first type of movies and crowd pleasers. They do a great job of having high stakes and, and having a real threat, something that makes it feel real, but also never losing the fun and the sort of the inspiring hero part of it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't get so dark that you get weighed down and it doesn't feel like we're still rooting for heroes and we're yeah. still leaving kind of uplifted in a way. I mean, it's escapism, but you know, those themes are strong and that idea of like fighting to the finish and doing what's right. And kind of the idea of chivalry that's there is really, really potent in these movies. And the threat is still very real and the loss still feels very real. And mm-hmm. this one particularly, I thought pulled all of them together in that way where it was a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be. I mean, mm-hmm. especially for not being like a super fan of it. Yeah. There were just a ton of moments that were like tugging on your heartstrings and you'd kind of feel yourself, you know, just like, Oh my God, like am I going to cry at this moment? Yeah. And then it always was able to somehow bring it right back to sort of the fun and the, you know, the cheering moments, like the audience mm-hmm. cheer moments. And I just think that's an incredible balance to pull and not easy to do. This is one of my, uh, my notes also about, uh, we, you know, we just came from seeing it the second, uh, my second time seeing it this morning, right before we recorded. And I already knew that the first hour of the movie roughly was my favorite. It still is. I think that the first hour of the movie is so fantastic and I could watch that over and over and over. Um, but, uh, like you say that back and forth between the super emotional beats, the performances, uh, that everybody's giving, and then a nice little set piece that is uh, a little uh, escape from the drama or from the the dreariness. Um, and, uh, you know, we get the Thanos scene pretty early in the movie, and that's kind of right. a fun a mini adventure. Right. Um, and then we come back, and then we go back out and do uh, do more of that uh, before there's more <laughs> more kind of, uh, you know, of a, of a lull and a dramatic. Yeah, we're dealing you know, with the beat. fallout of something um, very serious before the adventure gets back going, really. It, it just never dwells too long on it. Right. And even though it's three hours and two minutes, um, one of the longest movies 
we've ever seen probably yeah, yeah. um uh, definitely the probably the longest blockbuster we've ever seen right I mean, what I, I don't know the lord of the rings movies they're all, at all. about three hours are they and yeah. they are as long as that yeah. same thing they're right in that same camp right, right um but yeah three you don't go past that i mean for i mean you don't even get there two and a half is kind of the real long type that's of already a very long and you know movie, yeah. my girlfriend leaned into me at the end and was just like that did not feel like three hours. I think and, and she's not a huge comic book fan either. Yeah. Um, and they were right. I thought they were, you know, it was probably blowing a little smoke when when the producer was saying, or uh, is it Feig that was saying? Kevin Feige. Yeah, Feige. Is that That's how you say it? He was just saying that, um, yeah, there, uh, you know, we couldn't cut it down any more than this. He's like, every moment is necessary. That's amazing. Yeah. And it, I believe it, it. None of it feels slow. I wholeheartedly slow and, believe yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I, I think after seeing it, I was like, all right, he wasn't bullshitting. Like, no. that's, it really does feel like that. But they did a really great, I mean, man, they do a great job. You know, all of the stuff post big event from Infinity War, mm-hmm. where you lose half, everybody loses someone. You know, you lose yeah. half, everybody, one person beside you, one of you is going to go. So everybody's lost somebody. Man, there's the memorials that they go by. The kind of feeling. not forgetting about anybody in terms of telling the story. They don't kind of skip over anything. Right, they, right. Excuse me. They handle everything. Um, yeah. Felt, I mean, it had a real, I don't want to get, I don't want to, you know kind of be obnoxious with like, it's a superhero movie. So and nine 11 was a very real thing, but it yeah. had that sort of post nine 11 feel mm-hmm. of like, we've all lost and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I think they really tapped into and nailed mm-hmm. that emotional moment. Yeah. Um, before getting right back into this great kind of swashbuckling adventure, um, you know, with comedy and everything else. And it was just a, a really great balance. Really good. Throughout. Yep. Um, another kind of funny thing to me was, um, you know, Robert Redford just did what he had announced was his final film, The Old Man and the Gun. Yep. And then he actually said, you know, I, I wish I hadn't done that. Um, I wish I hadn't announced that because I didn't want to take away from that movie. Not because he didn't want people to – he didn't want it to be seen as his swan song. He just wanted to go promote the movie. And, you know, it's been – Couple months now, yeah. From yeah, yeah. And he it's small appearance shows up, but he shows up in because they do some time traveling, as we yeah, mentioned, yeah. and he shows up from a past scene right. uh, that we never saw or past moment right. uh, in this movie. And I just remember thinking, is this the last appearance of Robert Redford? <laughs> Maybe it's appropriate because there were more stars in this movie from different generations than I think any movie has ever had. Yeah. I just don't know how you could assemble. You can see where the uh, money went. Many people again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. I guess that was it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but that was kind of kind of nuts as well. Um, one other thing I kind of wanted to bring up, uh, I, I'm not sure, as I've said, I think this tied everything together. But where does this series and where does this movie in particular fall, do you think, historically uh, in terms of like movies we talk about? This was such a movement that this will be the era of mm-hmm. Marvel. Right. But like – is there a movie that's going to represent all of those? Are people going to try to like throw in like five movies out of 20 on all time great lists? Are people going to say, Oh no, we'll just have in game represent all of them. You know, it's kind of the same problem you run into with like people talk about like Harry Potter series and things like that. And even star Wars, it's like, are we going to put one of those movies on this list of here's a hundred movies you got to see yeah. or cause it's tough to do with big long series. James Bond is like this, you know what I mean? Like some are good, some are bad, some are Okay. I, don't know what, I think what you do. I think um, I think the era of kind of movie criticism is gonna well, not the era, but the style of movie criticism is constantly evolving, and that's right. why we can look back at movies from twenty or thirty years ago that we now believe are absolute classics, and most of the critical reviews are negative. Um, I I just think that's so fluid and uh, and weird. 
Um, and that's why critics a lot of the time don't kind of really mean anything. Um, but I think 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, um, I think we will have different things to say about all of these movies. And I think of all of them, and maybe it's just because it's fresh in my mind, but I have been rewatching a lot of the Marvel movies from the beginning. I'm up to somewhere in the middle of phase two. Okay. Um, so I've just recently watched the first 10 or so out of the 23 Wait, or 24. Wait, now going back to see them or have uh, you, had you not seen all of them? No, no, I've seen all of them. Okay. I saw them all when they came out, but I'm rewatching all of them um, right. along with it's one of our remember. favorite podcasts, Star Trek The Next Conversation, does a marveling Oh, uh, Patreon oh, nice. podcast. Nice. So as they've nice. been watching them and uh, kind of talking about them, I've been rewatching them. But anyways, the point is that I uh, rewatching them. Um, I do believe that there's more going on in Endgame, even if you take away uh, the callbacks and references to all the rest, which is kind of what it's built on. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't, can't have really one take them away. The other. You can't yeah. take them away, but. But the point is, I think there's more going on. I think it's beautifully made and shot and directed. I think some of the performances are uh, by far the best that we've had in an MCU movie. Right. Um, I think even though, you know, everyone's kind of spread thin, everybody's got, you know, or everybody's kind of spread, you know, there's not really a ton of um, of any one character. But I think that um, like the girl who plays uh, – Nebula is a huge part right. of this movie. Right. Karen uh, Gillan, Gillan, I think yeah. I'm saying her name yeah. right. I don't know. Probably anyways, her biggest role for many. It other. probably is, and I think that she is so fantastic. We already knew that she had such amazing comedic timing from um, Jumanji, right? But I right. think that this, like, I she's maybe my favorite part of this. Yeah, movie. she's really good. Um, I think really she's good. the standout. I think she's an amazing actress. And uh, even Paul Rudd, which we know is is hilarious, but he does some great you know, dramatic work. I think that just everyone in this is doing such a good job. I think it's really, really, really well directed. Um, and yeah, this agree. is without even agree. being a big Marvel fan. I've seen them all, yeah. but I really you, don't you give both. a shit. You and me I both. don't yeah. give a shit. And I just, I really do think that the Russos just like made, I'm, I think it's an exaggeration to call it a masterpiece because I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. But, but I think that there are elements of it being a masterpiece in that, like you said, they've brought together so many things. And even if you're not into this type of storytelling and you don't like blockbusters and all that groovy stuff, that's all perfectly fair. Yeah. What they've done is undeniably it's a monumental on, achievement. on an epic yeah. scale. Yeah. And the fact that it is as good as it is, I think deserves a lot of respect. And that's why I think 20 or 30 years from now, I think this probably will be the one that is talked about the most yeah. and referenced the most and, and represents all of right. them. Right. But I'd like to I'd like to think that, you know, Iron Man will have its own yeah. place Kicking and everything off. Um, it, it that really needed to work for yeah. all of this to work. Yeah. I mean, you look back now at uh, the mummy that they tried to re-kick the dark whatever. I know that's the a different dark thing, universe but or, dark universe yeah. and how when that didn't work everything just fell apart immediately and yeah. people didn't know Iron Man. I mean, Robert Downey Jr was coming, he had been sort of a forgotten star because of the totally. drug issues back in the day and then when that worked it just launched everything. But uh, it it is hard and you don't have to grade and rate everything. No. But it is hard for me to kind of I think about like well, okay, where, where, where does this movie stand? And I've just been raving about it. And it's just, it's hard to separate when, when you've had, you know, 20 films over 10 years 
to, to kind of build off of and right. use as leverage to springboard you. And in right. no way am I trying to take away from what they did, but it is hard to kind of figure out where am I grading this? Because I don't mm-hmm. care about so many of those previous movies that much. Right. Um, and I think it's almost like sometimes I was like, okay, there's too many of these cause I'm fatigued yep. and I can't remember. And, and you forget I want to yeah, care, exactly. but now I don't. Um, but at the same time, this benefits from all of those. And, and this one I think is the standout and it benefits from everything else that's gone in. You know, mm-hmm. it just, it took what we they wouldn't did. care about this as much if those didn't exist. Right. We, we right. like this so much because those exist. Right. You know? Yeah. I was talking to a buddy just maybe a week ago, my buddy, Aaron Gelb, shout out to Aaron. Uh, and we, we were actually, you know, just nitpicking a little bit. Um, and this is just something that I found kind of funny. He called, he called Thanos testy chin. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of people have done that. Yeah. His chin looks like testicles. Ball chin. Made Ball. me think of the Balchinian from uh, right. Men in Black. Right, right. And <laughs> that is one of the things, if I was really getting into it, and we've talked about this before, creature design and world design. Super, sort of crea- having an, super creative alien name, Balchinian. Yeah, Balchinian. <laughs> there they are. Uh, but we've talked about this before, how that, that can affect things too, sort of the art direction and scene design and everything else, yeah. in addition to the story. Um, and I was never wild about the look of Thanos. I never thought it was kind of on par with like a Darth Vader, the iconic villains. Right. And when you've built this much, and like we said, I've done more building than ever before, it almost seems like, you know, the stakes have got to be the highest and we've got to have the ultimate villain. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing if I was really nitpicking that I'd probably nitpick the most and say that didn't quite work for me. But you also can't really hold he, the filmmakers even, accountable because they were built taking yeah, that from something that was built back in the, the 60s or whenever yeah. they actually wrote the comics. So, Do you, do you still feel that way after uh, Endgame that he's not uh, as good of a villain? Be- as, better in this one. And, and listen, yeah. the other thing is there's a counter argument to this because, you know, it, they actually gave him uh, – he was like a fanatic, you know, it wasn't just, okay, I'm coming for evil for evil's sake. He wasn't the night King from, no. from game of Thrones. He's very uh, calculated and deliberate and, uh, in his mind was doing what was he right. Even has a, uh, an entire speech in right. a game about this wasn't personal. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. I mean, now it is, but it wasn't before. Yeah. And, and that makes him feel like more of a real villain. Absolutely. Like the Adolf Hitlers who think they're doing something that's right. Cleansing, no matter how evil it is. Right. And also this one almost made the last one work better for me. It, it, this was one of the things I complained about in infinity war. So if you've done all this and you've built all these movies up to this one point, like yeah. I said, the stakes need to be the highest. I mean, we didn't watch all these movies to get to a B adventure story. Right. We got to the A adventure story. Right. Part of the problem is we've seen some great villains. Most of them are dead. Like we've mm-hmm. lost most of them. You know, I think people had a real af- affection for Loki and we're yeah. very interested. And it's like, well, he's kind of run his course now. Here comes this other guy and we've already attached to another villain and he's gone. Right. So you've got all these minions of Thanos that kind of don't matter. And in that last big battle, they're running around. They kind of don't matter. Mm-hmm. That's okay. There's somebody else to fight. But maybe if we had three or four others that we were actually interested in, that might have leveled it. I mean, again, we're, we're nitpicking here that might've yeah. leveled it up. But the other thing is, um, you know, the stakes really didn't seem the highest, even eliminating half of the universe and how incredibly tragic that was. You know, we had seen people come through before that were going to destroy entire dimensions, including earth. And we had seen in Dr. Strange, something that was going to literally come and like envelop the earth and yeah. you know, take it away. And guardians of the galaxy Two, ego was going to turn everything into him. So right. by its very nature, he was going to destroy our matrix and everybody who's alive was going to become his own world. So this one kind of set it right a little bit for me because he really said, as long as anyone has any memory of what was, they'll try to change it. I'm going to take it down to the last atom. I'm going to destroy everything, mm-hmm. build up my own universe. So that was a, 
a little more sinister to me. Like it even got even heightened. Like for yeah. some reason that worked even better for me. But at the same time, again, it was just rehashing what we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because that was something that we'd already seen almost happen. Right. And this is, like I said, it's just as enjoyable a movie. But that part bothered me. However, in this movie, I do think that having two movies maybe was part of it with Thanos. I just, it, he became more effective to me mm-hmm. because he had been around more. I mean, even in infinity war, I was kind of like, I've seen this guy floating in a throne in space, but I don't, I don't really care or know who he is, you know? Um, and that was, that would be one of the things I would probably gripe about if I was yeah. really trying to, again, just nitpicking, but, but. you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I really, uh, I really agree that, uh, Thanos, I mean, in this one, you see that, all these, uh, what do you call it? like side villains, all these henchmen, all these different, uh, characters, all these different evil ships and things are all him. And he has been the puppet of everything for so long, um, that it wasn't until now that we can kind of step back and have that, uh, kind of, uh, view of how, uh, all encompassing he really is. Right. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, uh, Josh Brolin did a good job, I think. Yeah, there, there's nothing know. wrong with what they did right, and how they did. Right. Again, I'm, it's not anything I'd really even hold them accountable for. It's just right. subjectively speaking, that stuff was probably one of the things I would put in the not as great category compared to the stuff I think worked really well. Right. And he also doesn't benefit from like a, a character like the Joker, which obviously wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked for this movie, but a, a villain that we sort of know whether you're a comic book fan or not, mm-hmm. you know, we're just so familiar with like a Lex Luthor or, or a Joker. Right. Those aren't the same characters. They wouldn't work for a story like this, but right. he doesn't benefit from us always kind of already kind of being Knowing familiar him, yeah. as far as that goes. Um, one other thing that was kind of funny, the end of this movie, Captain America, you know, hands over the shield you know mm-hmm. and it's his, his buddy it's somebody else that's fought with him and yeah sam. it's a real yeah sam's a real moment of like hey you, you deserve this because you're not sure you deserve it and mm-hmm. you'll keep trying your best no matter what yeah and that's a great message that's a fun message but again as my buddy aaron when we were talking sort of pointed out he's like do we know that the shield wouldn't just rip that guy's arm off when he threw right. it like right. is he strong and a part of captain america is his wholesomeness but part of it is he's got a super oh soldier my god serum. yeah i mean if we picked apart the 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 choices that they make uh you know to wrap this up obviously yeah that's that's a crazy choice to pass it off to him especially I mean, with bucky standing the, right there his the, old friend right, when he's, he's got, got a metal, metal arm, arm. <laughs> the the the, the <laughs> Yeah, this is a solid point. Um, but uh, the the Still point, a nice moment. The point of all of this is that uh, we'd like to think that this was all very well thought out, and that it's based in some choice that uh, you know Kevin Feige and Disney and Marvel and all these people have thought about the future of these characters. But I don't know that that's true. Um, the Russos have kind of said, okay, yeah, we have this bit where he's passing off the shield. And I know that some interviewer was like, all right, well, are you going to be a part of writing that story then? Because you've created this, this, uh, you know, this, right. this choice of, uh, of character. Um, and uh, I think he said some, they said something to the effect of, oh, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think so or whatever. And it's like, what? What a bunch of G's. Uh, I mean, sure, that way. I don't, I don't know. I think they're, they're moving on to other things, but, um, but pretty interesting that they make those choices, uh, for the franchise. I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't really care about Sam. Yeah. Um, yeah. we don't see him enough. You know, he's in this movie for a couple of minutes. I mean, it's he's, a side character. he's been, he's been in a, yeah, he's, he is a side character and there's a lot of side characters that, like you said, like Bucky's right there. Um, they need to kind of be side characters or they need to kind of earn yeah. it. And I, yeah. I, 
I don't know that that was earned, but uh, it's very sweet. Like you said, it's a great yeah. message, but nice it's, moment. it's good. Um, yeah. But uh, I think it was mostly the cap was just like, I'm fucking tired and I yeah. don't yeah. want to hold this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Done this a lot. And who's yeah. the closest person to me? Oh, you're right there. Okay, here you go, buddy. <laughs> and it was really sweet. Like I said, they had some if really tragic Jeremy stuff. If it was Jeremy Renner, he would have given it to Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they had some really can tragic you put stuff. The bow, can you put the arrows <laughs> behind the shield? Like, will it fit between your back and the shield? We'll make can it work. Can you put both? We'll make it work. Um, things like that. We're paying yeah, a lot of money. Yeah to uh to make this work we'll make, we'll make it work new suit design yeah um they they had a uh they had some real fan payoff in this i um i have so many friends who would probably just watch a two-hour movie of like a battle between these guys because they love yeah. these characters so I much and i I'm absolutely not one of those would people. not yeah me too but uh, what i was kind of getting at with that is this is one of the very this is probably the only marvel movie that i did not get bored during the big final epic clash. Yeah, I don't think I did either. And it takes place over a long stretch, like all of these do. Right. You could still argue too long, but I think what they did really, really well is with so many characters, you know, bringing them all back in, the music swelling, Mm -hmm. kind of getting all your favorite, at least an entrance from all these favorite people. They gave all the female characters kind of their moment where they they burst through, they have a real heroic moment. And, And what they're really clever in is, of course, Thanos is very hard to beat, so it's that sort of team up thing. Which is also kind of a ni- nice thematically because it's like the union of good versus the singularity of evil because they're right. all battling him. But also just passing the gauntlet was a great device to be able to, oh, here, we've seen seven characters now yeah. carrying this thing on to try to get yeah, out of here. Yeah, it didn't feel forced. It felt super yeah, fun. It flowed. And, uh, and it, a lot of them don't good, yeah. as far as big battles. Agreed. And again, it's still big. It's still over the top well, and think, it goes on a long time. I think time. what helps it and uh not that it has anything to do with it but we've been talking obviously about Game of Thrones a lot. Um the I feel like the geography of this final battle in Endgame was handled pretty well. We knew exactly where everything yeah. was and even though it's the same crazy CG battle shit that we've seen a million times it just we knew where the building was or where where it was was where it used to be <laughs> right uh, where the lake was where the spaceship the was is, yeah. where Thanos was sitting at the beginning of the fight and it kind of all felt uh, very known by that point we had plenty of time with this you know space yeah and uh yeah. i think they handled it really well and they balanced the team fighting together with their unique strengths in my opinion better in this than a lot of the rest of the series I where i've kind of wondered why are they not just teaming up why is this person not just destroying right. this person yeah when you when you have hawkeye just running around or something <laughs> and you're just like oh my god <laughs> yeah shoot him with that thank, arrow thank god nat wasn't around because we would all just been like <laughs> oh god get her out of there you know <laughs> yeah no yeah. but there were great moments the music helps they've got a great yeah. theme a great score we've talked about this but just like star wars when the star wars letters come up and that john williams score yeah. comes up everybody gets chills with this one, same thing. Title sequence, when your favorite characters are appearing to help, kind of in that last stand. That was pretty it's great. Chill-inducing. All the, uh, it's great stuff. what do you call it? All the, uh, what's Doctor? He's a Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. What yeah. kind of a wizard is it? He's a wizard, but yeah. they, isn't there a name for those people? <sighs> Probably. This is, know. again, how we're not super know. Marvel fans. Anyways, but all fans. those guys opening up all those portals, just really, really great. That is a great entrance. And uh, so and, and then even when, uh, uh, I forget what Benedict's, Benedict Wong's character's name is, but when right. he starts the shield over them as the rockets yeah. are coming down, yeah. you know, you just get chills. You're like, this is really great. They yeah. are really great a moment. team. And uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of good vibes. The, uh, the, the only other thing I really want to say about it is, uh, you know, this is, again, we're already kind of in spoiler territory, but I did sort of love how they brought it full circle. We talked about Iron Man kicked this whole thing off. Mm-hmm. 
the end of that movie is yeah. I'm Iron Man, him kind of bragging about it. Yep. He well, says it one last with time. With that final snap he to save everybody, I am Iron Man. Yeah. It really was just a nice kind of full circle thing. Yeah, where it's beautiful. Like, oh, we started this in 08. And he didn't get any more words in, did he? He was kind of struggling. That was did he have another else, word? Not one line? more word. And here's the thing. Yeah. I, the first time I watched through it, I kept waiting for him to say something. This time I was thinking about that because, you know, the second oh. time through, you're noticing yep. other things. For a character that was never at a loss for words. I mean, yeah. even when they came back from losing after yeah. at the beginning he of this movie. He always had a, a quip. Endless. He had yeah. a whole speech, right? Yeah. I was like, I, I feel like that's a conversation they had where, you know, it seems like a Robert Downey Jr. choice where he's like, no, literally, I can't even give comfort to Pepper pretty, Potts or anybody sure else. sure it was the radiation eating his insides, right, but it right. also might have been that he was just speechless. But, but it works <laughs> because normally yeah. the, the instinct would be to have that final goodbye or it was the only way. Yep. You know what I mean? Or yep. something like that. Yep. But instead, I everyone says something, something to like him. That. Yep. And he just sits and then she says, you can rest now. And he immediately One goes. of the best moments in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So really, really effective with that as well. Um, and I loved when the credits rolled up yep. um, that they had the main stars that have been there, the main six from the Avengers, yep. do their signatures for the credits. Right. We are contractually obligated on this podcast to mention Star Trek at least once every Absolutely. episode. Have we not and done that yet? Sure. <laughs> the only other time I've ever seen that. I think it's the only time it's happened was Star Trek Six: Undiscovered Country with the original crew because of they Star were Trek. done. They were they were finished. done and never coming back. Oh, but wait, <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that was the last time as a crew. Yeah, everybody together. was together. So yeah. that was ninety one. Yeah, they started the Star Trek original series in sixty six. So that was a lot of years. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So, and this felt appropriate too, yep. being like a full decade of work where all these people had worked together Absolutely. and separate and everything else to have them actually sign their names was a really cool right. kind of send off when the credits right. rolled up. So, yep, I love that and uh, you know, I, and I uh, I honestly neither showing did I stay until the end credits, but of course or past the end credits, but right. there is the talk of the noise of Tony banging the steel pieces of his uh, of his original Iron Man suit in oh, the I didn't cave. Know about this. Just the audio. There's okay. just a little bit of audio cue at the <laughs> end of the credits that I haven't heard. I've just right, read about. Right. And to me, that's not something that I wanted to hang out for. I probably should have, yeah, but yeah. I had to pee. Ah, so yeah, what you do know, you do? You've been there for three, three hours. You saw it twice. Then the trailers were really hours. long. We saw it in IMAX today. The trailers are so long, and um, we got the full like five minute sneak peek at uh, yeah. Godzilla King of Mon- King of Monsters. King yeah. of Monsters. Yeah. Which is really great. But yeah, it was just basically super, like back to back trailers. It's like three and a half hours of. Well, we had a yeah. guy sitting next to us that actually was complaining about how many trailers before yeah. a three hour movie. And then he talked through the whole movie, though. So. <laughs> it's all relative. Good thing we had seen like, it once. But he didn't openly sob as the characters were no, dying. No, he didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think, um, well, obviously we don't need to dive back into trailers. We did a whole episode no, last course, time. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, 30 minutes is a long time before the movie starts. I think the 15 to 20 mark is probably the way to go. But Yeah, I think um, 15 minutes, yeah. Then you're about ready for the feature at that point yeah but uh anyway our hot take avengers good good see it go see it uh if you haven't heard that's uh pretty uh well pretty good flick i did just want to mention we were going to uh try a little little segment here uh, the tail end of the podcast uh, called Hidden Gems. Oh, we should definitely um, do that. Yeah, yeah where, sorry. you know, we're, me and Kelly will kind of go back and forth each week. And if, if there's a flick that we like that maybe isn't a huge popular thing like Avengers Endgame that everyone's yep. seen is breaking every box office record that we would recommend to our listeners. Uh, and our first uh, Hidden Gem, uh, I am going to throw out there. It is a movie called Hamlet 2. <laughs> Most of my close friends know about this movie because of me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's uh, it's an absolute uh, – 
you know, again, masterpiece is a big word, but it's just a great, great flick it's, to watch. It's in my probably my top five comedies of all oh, time, yeah. and it, it's it so might funny. even be top three. Yeah, it it's is so sad. It's so original. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Um, it's a director is Andrew Fleming, mm-hmm. um, who directed Nancy Drew in 2007 and The Craft in has, 1996. If you remember that, it has no business being this good. But you got yeah, Steve Coogan, and be. and I think Steve Coogan is a is a uh, total genius, and he, you know, we don't give him much credit because so we don't good. see him in much yeah you he's know? so good he's just not in much he's the been Brits in a lot him. of he's been in yeah. a lot of british you know uh you know uh products but uh yeah steve coogan elizabeth shu playing elizabeth shu Catherine keener melanie diaz david Arquette, hamlet too yeah so Amy good Baller. it's Agreed. great so check it out do yourself a favor um and uh and then leave us a voicemail or or write us a message and Please tell us do. how much you loved it